Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Whoa, did you hear that? I think we should just sit on this for about 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, welcome to another TIFF review. TIFF 21 uh, is in full swing right now. Eric and I uh, will be reviewing uh, as many movies as we can over the next couple weeks uh, that you guys can check out uh, on YouTube over on the Untitled uh, YouTube channel as well as on Untitled Movie Reviews on podcast services. We'll have individual capsule style reviews for the whole festival, which will be 10, 15 minutes in length uh, talking about every film that we see at the fest. And today we are reviewing a pitch upon we're a Seth Cools, uh, Memoria, uh, starring Tilda Swinton and more. Eric, I think I kind of got that. I'm really bad with pronunciations, uh, but a pitchapong uh, deserves it. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this movie because it's my first uh, of his films. Baby's first Joe. As yeah. Joe, as he goes by, his friends call him yeah. Joe. He also says you call him Joe when people can't pronounce his name. But he is uh, a widely regarded Thai filmmaker uh, whose works include Uncle Boomy, who can recall his past lives, which won the Palm Door, uh, Cemetery of Splendor, uh, Tropical uh, Madly, and uh, Objects Appearing at Noon. Uh, the latter two are in the Criterion box sets curated by Martin Scorsese, the World Cinema box sets. Um, those are the films that I've seen. And let me tell you, Memoria compared to those films is blockbuster cinema. Like this is like fast paced action for him, <laughs> which is incredible, which is incredible. Um, cause you kind of prepped me going and going, he, he, it's, he's very s slow in his filmmaking, which is totally okay. But like, he likes to sit on shots for a long time. And I underestimated that. And if this is an action movie, I can't wait to go check out and, and see his other stuff because um, uh, ultimately just to kick it off. Uh, or actually, Eric, what is Memoria? Let people know. What yeah. Is. So to to give you the, the, the crux of the plot, essentially you have Tilda Swinton uh, playing an English expat living in Median, uh, Colombia, who goes to visit her sick sister in Bogota and ends up sort of walking around and and kind of hanging out but one night uh, early on very early on in the in the first shot of the the film she hears this meteoric thud scared the shit out of me <laughs> that and and again we'll talk about that a little bit more being intentional in terms yeah, of where yeah, yeah. it's positioned in the film and when and it, a little meta yeah um and so she investigates this sound because she's not sure whether or not, you know, it's something to do with maybe her own health or if it's something everybody else is hearing. Um, but there are scenes in which, you know, she's sitting in a, a production suite with an audio engineer and a sound system trying to recreate the sound she's hearing. There are moments where she's wandering around the city streets. Uh, she's hanging out with her uh, brother-in-law, uh, Juan, and she's also looking up um you know, bacteria infections on orchids because she's an orchid farmer in, in Median. So it's very much a glacial paced uh, drama that goes to some unexpected places. Uh, won't say anything more in terms of even a, a comparison to the film, which I think would kind of give things away. But Tilda Swinton's casting 
is a bit of a tip off in terms of where you might think it would go or where it might you might not adding think it to would that go. Yeah. meta meta element quality that I'm about, but yeah. it's also really interesting to think that tilda swinton you know narratively speaking if you want to create like this narrative is almost in competition with someone like isabel Huppert to work with as many international filmmakers as possible yeah. because you look at her career i mean obviously she's been she's worked with bong joon ho she's working with the pitchapong here uh, you know repeat uh, with with Wes Anderson, she's one of those great actors, and and, and even with uh, Al Motivar in his short, the the, the Human Voice, right. which is also his English uh, language debut with her, because all the, the the stuff that she speaks in the film dialogue wise is in English, uh, with the exception of buying a, a, an axe at a store. So there is something that is really wonderful about someone like Tilda Swinton who goes and works with all of these you know highly really regarded worlds yeah. you know filmmakers and you know being an oscar winner and and putting her sort of clout and her cachet into helping these you know filmmakers sort of maybe get exposed to a bigger audience i think that that's that's really really wonderful but it's also not going to be everybody's <laughs> cup of tea be, yeah because it, it's, that might backfire a little bit right but... right especially when you have her name on on you know the poster and things like that but oh, it, yeah. the film lies somewhere between abstract and esoteric and matt this being your first how did you feel watching it you know what eric the more i sit on it the more i kind of dug it um I, I when we left the screening i was like you were not wrong and um, <laughs> um and it was a challenge you know at times it's a, it's a very challenging watch and i can only imagine you know how much how slow his other movies are if uh, this was an action movie to you compared to his other stuff. But um, you know what? It, it, it kind of uh, mesmerized me a little bit in the sense where, you know, like you said, it kind of lulls you to sleep at moments. And I don't mean that as an insult. Um, and I do really think the loud thud noise that she's experiencing through the movie is kind of a, I dare you to fall asleep in my movie, motherfucker. <laughs> like, and then it kind of wakes you up throughout the movie and it's timed strategically where, you know, it might be lulling you into a sense of, of a daze or something like that. And then you get this thud, and like you wake up as your dogs bark, they probably heard the same noise. Yep. Um, and I think that it was fascinating to watch being my, you know, first film of his. And um, I think the first hour and a half is pretty accessible. Like it's a pretty, you know, you're kind of intrigued by this noise that she's hearing, but there's a story about her. It's her sister who is in the hospital right? Yes. that she's kind of visiting and just, she's in Medellin, like you talked about. And it, weirdly, well, she goes, hear, she, she, she's she from goes, Medellin, but she, yeah, she, goes, she goes to Bogota. To yeah. To, yeah. Um, and every time you hear Medellin, do you think of Entourage? Cause yes. I do. Yes. God, that sucks. But I, uh, I'm hoping we're the only review that mentions Entourage for this movie. Um, anyways, um, and I kind of was mesmerized by it. And like at times did I, you know, we watched it. It was our second film of the day. Um, I was exhausted. Uh, I was trying to be as caffeinated as I could. Did I still struggle to stay awake? And weirdly, when I say that, like I was falling asleep, I don't mean it as an insult because and I, he, he I, knows that like he's been on record saying that if you feel like you're, you're entering a dreamlike state, 
that's fine. That's kind and that of, actually yeah. adds to the experience of watching and the I movie. Think, and I actually agree with that. And for other people who, you know, maybe the Tilda Swinton thing and it being, you know, in English and Spanish being and making it a little bit more accessible, like maybe that puts more eyes on on his film. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how things work. I mean, even look at me, like it's my first of his films that I that I've seen. Like for other people who are curious, yeah, like the first hour and a bit, I think, is pretty accessible. It's it's slow, but it's it's just, you know, a pretty standard kind of, you know, drama or, or a character piece. And then like the last hour or so of the movie or 45 minutes or so is what you're talking about, Eric, where I was amazed at, you know, he will sit on shots for what feels like an eternity. <laughs> and there are like and like there are moments and you kind of like it gets to a point where you're like oh my God, it's still on this shot. And then, it, you know, when you come full circle on something and you're like, you know what? I'll, I applaud this guy, you know, just go for it. I'm like, it goes on so long. You come full circle where you like start off. You're like, oh, this is really interesting. And you're like, wow, this is going on for way too long. And then it goes on even longer. And you're like, I almost love this because it's going on for so long. And then it'll cut to another shot that goes on for way too long. And then back to another shot that goes on for way too long. And But the images you're seeing are either uh, beautiful or weird or disturbing or like not super disturbing. And like we just reviewed T10 and, and stuff like that. But um it's just it fascinated me to the point and then it goes to places where you know that i was not expecting at all either and like i kind of love it for that and um we've kind of teased that with some of the meta nature of of the casting of tilda swinton and um i've kind of come full circle on this because at first i didn't know how how to feel afterwards and i was like i don't think it was for me but i almost applaud it where now i'm like i kind of dig it yeah, um, I, I like it. It's it's not a move like you can go into one of his films fully lucid, caffeinated, ready to go. And somehow the way that his shots linger, it it makes you lethargic as you're watching it. And you just completely and utterly succumb to, you know, a state of of almost sleep kind of a sleepy kind yeah. of anxiety if you will because the way that when you're watching this film especially with this movie in particular you're waiting for that thud because that thud is like a jump scare you know yeah, in, it really in, in, is. in a way and and it's some of the best sound design i think I've, I've i've heard in a movie this year so far um and and it plays narratively into sort of the the plot uh it's it's there's not a lot of plot which i also kind of appreciate but yeah, having seen some of his other films and kind of knowing what to expect, I I'm always I'm always up for one of his movies, but at the same time, I think my biggest criticism isn't even necessarily the film, it's playing the film or programming the film at a festival where, you know, you spend uh, a full day watching five or six films and you squeeze this one as but you like got to think that that's a movie. That's a very niche thing though. Not everyone's doing No, 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 that. no, I know that, but like I just I feel that the the film deserves as much attention as you can give it. And if you are like covering the film for, you know, an outlet or what have you, and you're watching and it's your third movie of the day and, you know, you're on like four hours, five hours sleep, you might not give it the, the respect and the opportunity to be, you know, open minded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 I feel like that's it. To me, like that's where you know a festival like TIFF maybe 
is a detriment to a film like this, where where it played at Cannes, you know, there's only a couple movies a day. So yeah. you have time to really sit on it and then afterwards kind of just reflect on what you watched where I think, I, yeah, I, I do. I will push back a little bit and say that I think that's kind of us in a bubble of people who, who see three, four movies in a day at TIFF where I think most people will only see. One. Well, not just critics though, um, festival goers as well. Like I think if you're a festival goer and you hear about this movie that has Tilda Swinton in it and you watch it and oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what <laughs> that's right. my favorite thing is like, especially being his, again, his most accessible because you have a, a known, maybe not uh, Tilda Swinton movie star, I think. And yeah. then um, uh, you have a known movie star in it and it's in mostly in English and, and uh, in, in Spanish, but like, I can't wait to see people who haven't seen any of his other stuff, but don't know what they're getting into. It's like Brad Pitt like, and the tree of life. Yeah. Like when that oh, came out, Robert every... Pattinson and high life just a few years ago. Yeah. Or um, even right. Kristen Stewart with, you know, personal shopper or clouds of sills, Maria, more personal yeah. shopper again. Cause you're thinking, okay, big movie star, you know, having done the Twilight films and then she's in this weird sort of abstract ghost story, um, which yeah. is, is also kind of weirdly like a ghost story at times yeah, as well, the way bit. that it's almost like the sound is haunting the character. Um, but I do feel that, again, like if you watch this movie like out of the festival and and watch it, you know, like it's the only movie you see in a day and, and and you give it a shot. I think that that's a better experience than having watched it as your third or fourth film where you might be a little bit more punchy in terms of your attitude at that point, yeah. especially if you are kind of burnt out by, you know, three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the film's fault. That's just more like in terms of like a big festival like TIFF where, you know, if you just watch it, buy a ticket to it and see it and then have nothing else to do the rest of the day, then I think you're going to give it a, a better shot than say, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think more people will walk out of this oh, during the festival yeah. than if they were to just see it. You know, I still think theater. even when it comes out and like, if it's playing whippy landmark or some suburb and like, because it has Tilda Swinton in it and um, you know, neon being a, you know, upper mid tier. Well, especially after parasite, right. Where um, yeah, because you could say from the studio who brought you Parasite, right? And some trailers and stuff like that. Like, uh, I'm very curious to see the reaction to it. Like, it's it's definitely not for everyone. It is definitely not for most people, um, I think. But I still think it's like if you're intrigued or by – and I've always wanted to watch one of his movies, but we're scared off a little bit. Maybe Eric saying that this is his most action-packed one. It's his most accessible just because yeah. it has Swinton and – there is something with, as you mentioned, the setup of the film that is a little bit more easy to get into in terms of like, yeah. you know, a character visiting somebody that, yeah, you know, there's nothing like you. too abstract or weird in that first, like it's still at a glacial pace and it, oh yeah, I really do think those thuds are effective. Like whenever they pop in, like, you know, that first one's coming if you knew what the movie was about and it still gets you. And to Eric's point that the sound design is so great for that. Um, and I think, you know, those are expertly placed at the right times throughout the movie that I really do feel like are a little meta nod to being like, yeah, people have told me my movies are so slow. It puts them to sleep. So I'm going to put these sound cues in there to force you to stay awake throughout the whole thing, which I think is really funny. And, um, but effective in the movie and in the context of the movie and where the movie goes, I think is, is really interesting too. So I, after sitting on this movie, um, 
I actually did end up liking it quite a bit. I obviously it's definitely not for everyone. And I, even when I left, I was like, I don't know if it's for me, um, but I almost applaud him for it. And that's still kind of how I feel, but I've come almost full circle in that last, um, that last 45 minutes to an hour that really kind of go into the things that we're talking about. Like, I just thought it was so interesting after reflecting on it of like, yeah, just sitting on things for what seems like an eternity and like just really interesting imagery that like both feels like still photography. If anyone knows like from the marketing world, what a cinemagraph is, which is like a still photo that has a little bit of movement in it. Um, there's probably even a, a better word for it. And people who are in photography and the arts maybe uh, are laughing at me, but like, that's how I know it from. And there are moments like that where, and then it just sits there and lets you sit there. And then even the last moments of the film, it just sits on different images. And I just, I ended up actually really enjoying that. So um, I, I'm also like, I gave T10 a three and a half. I think I'm also going to give this a three and a half. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I, again, I really liked it you know, having sat on, I mean, I, I, I like his stuff in general. It's made me sorry to cut you off, but it's yeah, yeah. made me kind of want to go and see some of his <laughs> other stuff. Like I really might go watch uncle Boon me, uh, after the festival or something like that at home. And, um, cause it, it has made me really curious about his other stuff. So anyways, keep going. Yeah. He's just one of those filmmakers where like every few years or every five or six years when he makes a movie, cause he does a lot of shorts as well. Um, it's always kind of fun to watch something like that because the world is so fast paced and about instant gratification that it's almost nice to just slow down for a minute and take a breath and kind of indulge in some of that. And, and yeah, you can easily call it pretentious and what have you. And I, yeah. I get that, but and I think a lot of people will. And then yeah. I, I understand that as well. But yeah. if you're willing to give it a chance and, and meet it on its wavelength, I think you will just at least appreciate what, the film is trying to do. And it's also just giving you a sense of like, this is an aspect of world cinema that we don't get every day because, you know, we're, we're North Americans and we're fed a lot of stuff that has sort of like a structure and his time attention spans are much shorter. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, you know, like narrative filmmaking in the Western world is a lot different than, you know, in, in the East or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, all around the world. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just nice to be reminded that it's not all about, us you know and i totally agree and i think both in t10 and memoria or memoria uh, i'm not sure the correct way of saying i almost feel like that's um, even intentional like yeah yeah. i've heard both pronunciations of memoria Mm -hmm. and memoria um but again like it's just one of those films where just give it a chance. Like, even if you don't like it, at least you can say that i tried something different again like t10 i think it'll be unlike another movie you see this year in very different ways. But I feel like both of these movies are the movies why you go to film festivals and why you seek out kind of, you know, stuff that's not an, I love the MCU. Everyone knows that. Like I'm obsessed with it, but like, I really do feel like movies like Memoria and, uh, and T10 should be sought out by people because they will be unlike anything you see in your, you know, suburban multiplex on a weekly basis. And for better or for worse, you might not completely love it. 
Um, even I have my issues with both of these films uh, that we reviewed so far in different things, but I still am so glad I watched both of them and enjoyed both of them for very different reasons. Um, ultimately, if I go, okay, I'm an, a moron who loves the MCU more than I love movies like this, I think that's also okay, but you should seek out this stuff. So I still really liked it. Um, so what you're saying I, is you want a, a pitch upon where a set of cool to direct to an Namor. MCU movie. Yeah, Namor. Yeah, <laughs> just he'd crush it. Um, I think I mean, I, like, I, I, I really am intrigued uh, to watch his other stuff now, which is, I think, why you go to things like this at a festival and you go, oh, okay, that was intriguing to me. I want to seek out their other stuff yeah um so uh thank you all for listening uh you can check out all of our tiff reviews right here on the untitled youtube channel as well as on untitled movie reviews on podcast services everywhere uh if you want to find out all where all of our stuff is just head over to our letterbox to hq it's untitled underscore movies uh all of our social links are there all of our youtube videos i post there all of our ratings and reviews i post there which have links to both the podcast version and the video version. So the easiest place to find anything you need for TIFF or for Untitled in general, just head over to the Letterbox HQ, which is Untitled underscore movies. We will have TIFF coverage for the next two to three weeks. Every day we'll have a couple reviews as well as a pre-show, post-show, just everything will be TIFF on these channels for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll have a ton and ton of stuff for you. So uh, keep it locked on everything Untitled for TIFF. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time bye